Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. You may notice my voice sounds a little bit different today. Uh, I am not embarrassed to tell you guys that I went to the Justin Bieber concert last night and it was spectacular (laughs) and your girl was singing and yelling, I love you, Biebs, like a 16-year-old. And hence, my voice is not what it normally is, but I'm going to wear that with pride. And I'm very excited to welcome our guest, Colleen Wolf of NFL Media, who is um, thinks it's funny that I went to the Justin Bieber concert and I love it. I really do. I think it's fantastic that you did that. And it sounds like you had an amazing time. I also feel like I sound a little different, but mine wasn't like Bieber induced. Mine was like combine. I have a cold maybe right now induced. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, we both just like really showed up, showed out and here we are. And it's great. It's beautiful. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. I think there's a chance that this um, also is combine related because when one goes from the combine <laughs> to Justin Bieber, one's voice is just not going to make it for that long. So it's It's true. It's true. Wait, I have questions about the Bieber concert. Like, where was it? How many people were there? Like, tell me everything. It was at Crypto.com Arena, which is formerly Staples Center. Um, I'm still having a little trouble adjusting to that. But it was at Crypto.com. Yeah, it is. It is very weird. Especially it's, I almost feel like I would be better if it was just Crypto Arena. It's the Mm Crypto.com that's really throwing me off, I feel like. Uh, but it was there. Sold out show. Sold out show, like, for sure. Um, and it was actually kind of a, a not fun fact, but fun fact. I was supposed to go a couple weeks ago at the Forum, and uh, Justin Bieber had COVID and had to reschedule that show for July 3rd. Um, and it, as you guys probably can tell, there was no chance I was waiting till <laughs> July 3rd, because that's a Obviously. long time from now. Um, so I sold those tickets. And pivoted, and we ended up going uh, last at crypto.com. Actually, kind of another funny story about this is I won't reveal my age, but my birthday was in January. And I, oh my God, my birthday's in January too. January what? Second. Oh, I'm the 24th. Oh, wait. So are you a Capricorn? You're not a Capricorn. No, I'm an Aquarius. Oh, okay. Got it. um, And these tickets were my birthday present. I actually called. Uh, my parents in, in December, or actually a few months before that, and I said, you guys may know my birthday's in January. And they were like, yep, we are aware. Uh, and I was like, well, <laughs> I imagine as most women my age want for their birthday, I'd really like to go see Justin Bieber in concert. And they were oh like, oh my God, that. you do so, you. I mean, yep. absolutely. I love that you did that. 
It was really, you know what? It was so fun and I highly recommend it. And he has so many good songs, so many good songs. Uh, well, this is turning into a Justin Bieber podcast, which might be a dream come true for me. So things have, <laughs> things have taken a turn. It's like sports and Justin Bieber and I'm very into it. Um, well, I guess we can pivot. I guess, but if you want, if you have more Bieber questions, Mine. I'm happy to order the answer. No, that's that kind of exhausts like my Bieber, my Bieber bank of okay. questions for this morning. But yeah, I I also feel like I was maybe at maybe this is what it would feel like if I did go to a Bieber concert last night mm-hmm. because the combine really crushed me. Like every mm-hmm. year, I come back from the combine and I'm like, this is I need to make better life decisions and choices. And it's such a long marathon week and. The part of the combine that is the most beneficial, at least for me and like my position, is the networking that goes on after or before the drills. Yes. And that's really what ends up doing the damage to my soul and my body. <laughs> and this was my first one. And I remember colleagues of mine saying, you know, at the combine, you don't really sleep. You're up till like three or four in the morning and then you got to get up early. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, that's ridiculous. I'm not staying up till Uh three in the morning. That's ridiculous. And then getting up at eight, no, thank you. Well, they were right. You just, and then, and it's like, I don't even know how it gets to be three in the morning, but the networking is kind of the most beneficial at times. I mean, obviously for us during the day, we had time with John Lynch, which from that perspective, from the 49ers beat perspective was for sure the most beneficial. But then the networking is such a huge part of it. And by the time everyone finishes working and everything, you it all of a sudden you're like, how is it 2 a.m.? What happened? Mm-hmm. I know. I know. And and everyone everyone's out. And so you you get to kind of wrap yourself up in conversations with agents and scouts and coaches and GMs. And like, I, it's so beneficial to go every single year. So, and, and it basically, it helps me do my job the rest of the season, but Mm -hmm. it really is like, um, it's like, I, I, I feel like I really put my whole body into this and now the Tylenol cold and flu really needs to kick in. (laughs) That they, the Tylenol cold and flu should uh, sponsor the combine. I'm just saying, right? They really should. That would be such yeah. a good idea. It really would be, <laughs> you know. But you go to the combine for the networking. Leave with Tylenol cold and flu. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Getting, getting it when every everyone ready for the NFL. Well, with the combine behind us, uh, we have some news. There are a few combine things I want to discuss, but kind of some big news uh, right before we started recording this podcast. And so I appreciate. Um, I appreciate the Packers for getting this out there and your colleague Ian Rappaport getting this out there in time for the podcast. But Aaron Rodgers staying with the Packers four years, $200 million. I would have done it for $2 million, but whatever. They didn't ask me, but I'm just saying I <laughs> a fortune to be their quarterback. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, four years, $200 million. This is obviously a big deal for Green Bay, a big deal for Aaron Rodgers. And now I think we see the quarterback market all kinds of pieces start to fall in place. Right. And I mean, you look at the the figure itself, he gets 153 million of that guaranteed. So it, it's a just a huge, huge commitment from Green Bay. And it is pretty funny to think that Aaron Rodgers and the whole football community was like waiting for his decision on whether or not he was going to retire and walk away. And it's like, oh, or you can have $153 million. So of course he's going to come back. And I think too, like I felt for a while that Aaron Rodgers was 
going to walk away from Green Bay. And I think that when Ben Roethlisberger retired and did his whole kind of walk around the stadium in Pittsburgh, and it was his like last and final game there. And that was, of course, before like they ended up going to the playoffs, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're watching that and seeing Ben with one team for his entire career and kind of what that does for your legacy and how important that is, I think that that probably changed some of of his doubts on whether or not he would stay or go. Obviously, the money is huge. And mm-hmm. it sounds like the, th- the relationships behind the scenes, they were mended as well when he talked about a few weeks ago before the Combine that the meetings he was having with the higher-ups like Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst, the GM, like they were in a much better spot this year than they were the previous year. So it seems like everyone has been able to mend their ways and move forward. But this is this is huge for not only Aaron Rodgers, but like the Packers, the entire division, the quarterback market in general, because I was thinking that this could be another year that a lot of these big name quarterbacks would switch markets and and go to a new team in a new city like we saw these past few years with Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and winning a Super Bowl, and then Matthew Stafford going to Los Angeles and winning a Super Bowl. And then you have Aaron Rodgers talking about, whether or not he wants to stay or retire or go somewhere else. And Russell Wilson saying, you know, all of the things that Russell Wilson, it's Russell Wilson season again. And I feel like we are always caught in that. But I think that that's not going to be the case because now the quarterback market is so different and so changed because you don't have any of these big names that really look like they're going to be available. It sounds like Russell Wilson is going to be staying put in Seattle, obviously Rogers is as well. And then you have, you have uh, Deshaun Watson who's being investigated for sexual assault. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure that that situation is so murky and we have no idea what is going to happen with that from a uh, criminal standpoint, from a league standpoint. Like, I, I mean, that is so messy. I don't know what team would want to inherit that. And then Beyond that, like the draft class of quarterbacks is very, very average. And there's really no other big name free agents that are available. And maybe that changes. Maybe, maybe there, I did, I did hear a few whispers when I was at the combine. um, And there was one quarterback that I thought was really interesting that no one is really talking about right now. And that it sounds like the organization would like to move him, but he that that nothing has really come out about that yet so maybe there will be a surprise that pops up but beyond that it sounds like everyone's going to be really staying put and that means for the listeners or probably the majority of listeners for this podcast uh, are very focused on one James Richard Garoppolo and Mm. where he is going (laughs) to get traded and I think some of the teams that were very interested in Jimmy or are very interested in Jimmy were kind of waiting to see what happened, especially with Aaron Rodgers. I did feel like with Aaron Rodgers, when I saw that news, I felt like the entire NFC North had a collective like, oh, I know. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> like just, they're never going to get rid of him. <laughs> he's going to play forever. He's just going to like 
like just be a figurehead in Green Bay till the end of time and torture us. Um, but I think that from the Jimmy Garoppolo standpoint, now teams like Pittsburgh and Washington and maybe Denver start to get those in my head. Those are the places that he's most likely to go. Uh, but what do I know? I'm not in charge, but those are the places in my head. And I think now those teams maybe do try to get very serious about getting a trade done in these next few days. I mean, I, I had felt I had Tim Cobble call me on the podcast last week and we had kind of felt it was going to get done by the end of last week. Um, mm-hmm. Then of course there was the surgery news, but at the end of the day, everyone knew he was hurt. I think there was an assumption he was going to have surgery on his thumb. So I don't know how much really that changes things. Um, I don't think it, I don't think it makes a team not to trade for him though. Again, I can right. be wrong about that too, because I do think it'll get done sooner rather than later. I think it's better for everybody. And I think a lot of these teams are going to want to take a look. Okay. If we're not going to have him who is available in free agency, what do we want to do with this quarterback class? And I know that some of them, like you said, it's a very average class. It's part of why San Francisco made that trade last year mm-hmm. is because they knew this year, the, the options were, were very slim. Um, and some of the guys impressed with the combine, some of them, maybe moved themselves up aboard a little bit, but you don't have anybody like a, you know, that looks like is going to be a franchise quarterback, at least not, not right away. No. And, you know, I think that it's funny because the Jimmy G, Jimmy G and, uh, and Green Bay are like sort of linked in so many different ways, obviously, Mm -hmm. because Green Bay (laughs) always ends up losing to Jimmy G um, in the playoffs. (laughs) But also it's interesting that, (laughs) <laughs> Jordan Love, Jordan. I mean, I'm I'm sick, but I still got it, Tracy. You still got it, and that was it's just, just working a little slower today. There's our quote <laughs> of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's you know it's interesting because I think about when Jimmy was in New England and he was behind Tom Brady, and it was a question of like, okay, this was maybe these like succession project. And obviously that like Tom Brady was just going to stay there um, until he ended up going to Tampa Bay. But it's like sort of the same thing now that Green Bay uh, finds themselves in the same situation where Jordan Love is there and Aaron Rodgers is just going to continue to play. So they have to move him. Mm -hmm. And the question is like where where does he go? And I don't know because do teams look at at this situation with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay as um, some type of valuation on Jordan Love? Like, is mm-hmm. it they they just they had him as an insurance policy and things didn't work out, or is this sort of um, something that has to do with the way that Jordan Love plays and the evaluation of him. And they just like, they can't, they know that they have this window right now and the window is not going to be open forever. So they could at some point in the future end up trading um, that that massive contract that Aaron Rodgers just signed in another year or two. But I think they're going to have to end up moving um, Jordan Love. And then where does Jimmy end up is a whole different other question because you think about the landing spots. And I know that the Raiders are committed to Derek Carr, but with Josh McDaniel there, it's like, well, that would make sense for Mm -hmm. that reunion. And then maybe Derek Carr gets moved to a place like Indianapolis because you know that they're not sold on Carson Wentz there. So the dominoes can go any number of directions. And it just feels like now with Aaron Rodgers 
officially staying put in Green Bay that they can start falling in place soon. And I think I think we're going to get some of those answers in the next few days. I just have a mm-hmm. feeling that some of that stuff's going to because I imagine teams kind of want to get this done, you know, before free agency for some of the guys. Um, right. But, uh, we'll see. And then you bring up a very interesting point with the Raiders. That is a very interesting reunion. Um, and I feel like the Raiders may have been committed to Derek Carr, but Josh McDaniels may not be committed to Derek Carr. You know, they were committed to him before they have a, a new head coach in place. And I do think there is something to be said for that. Uh, makes a lot of sense. I think from probably from Jimmy's perspective, maybe he'd like to say I'm closer to the West Coast. You know, this is where he's lived now the last several years. Who knows? So it will be interesting to see how that all falls. It'll be interesting to see what San Francisco gets from that for him. This is um, one of the great conversations among 49er fans. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo lives in 49ers fans' heads. Rent free. <laughs> Rent free. He is living I mean- there. He's got... He's got like a hot tub. He's got like <laughs> red I, I mean, but also like, okay, obviously Jimmy G's trade value just went up. Like it skyrocketed. So this is good news. Um, I mean, but like I could absolutely see a deal being done too between the 49ers and the Colts. Like that's mm-hmm. one that I haven't even really thought about mm-hmm. yet, but it's – it's so intriguing. And then you have to wonder, like, what's the domino now? Like, the Broncos are like, well, damn, I guess now we're going to have to draft one of these quarterbacks. Like, right. I don't I don't know what they're going to do. They were just left at the altar because I feel like they put a lot of, of hope into having Aaron Rodgers land in Denver. And now that's obviously not happening either. So who knows? I mean, you could... You could do this. You could you could see this happening any sort of way. But Jimmy G is absolutely still going to be living in Niners fans' heads for a very, very long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then no then just where just watch him go to Pittsburgh or Denver or Indianapolis or there's anywhere in the AFC and end up like playing the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Just oh my having God. the game of his life <laughs> and, and and beating them. It's just it's just un, it's just so funny. I will never. I will never understand that the Jimmy G 49ers fan. I, I just will never understand mm-hmm. it. But that's a whole other issue. We also could do an entire podcast on the Denver Broncos and quarterbacks because that never seems to work out well for them, except the one time. That's not true, except the two times. Um, right. The one time recently, of course, with Peyton Manning in the last several years. Uh, but they really evaluating quarterbacks just does not seem to be their strong suit. So I am curious to see, and I think you're right. I think they're like, wow, yeah, now we're going to have to draft one of these guys and hope for the best because mm, I don't know. Though I do think it's an interesting landing spot for Jimmy G. So we'll see. It is. It is. And, but like the whole, I was so, so um, taken by John Lynch, uh, the 49ers GM, just his candor about Mm -hmm. Jimmy G when he talked at the combine during his press conference and how, how just open he was about, yeah, like, you know, we're, we're obviously listening to all offers. Like he, they traded, they traded up to get Trey Lance. That's who they're going to commit to. But the fact that Jimmy G has to have the surgery now, um, Mm -hmm. that definitely puts things in a totally different conversation. So we'll see what happens. But it's it's so interesting. Like Jimmy G is just so intriguing right now. He is. He is very intriguing. And he tends to always be intriguing. I just think it's I think it's fascinating. And he he always will be. He's because he's he's an interesting quarterback. And I have the utmost respect for Jimmy and 
I've absolutely loved covering Jimmy. Like he was, you know, he's always very like kind and and talks and all of the things. Um, But I also think he's a really good quarterback. And I know that he is limited in several ways, but I think part of what makes him so intriguing is because the same guy who will throw those interceptions where you're like, how did you not, I don't even know how that happened. will also be the guy in new Orleans who marches the team right down the field in a must win game who in week, you know, 18, the team it's, you know, do or die and go to the playoffs down 17, nothing and brings it back to win. And I think that's what makes Jimmy G so intriguing. He might be the reason you're down 17, nothing, but he might also be the reason you win the game after being down right. 17, nothing. And they, I just think that makes him such an interesting player in this league. And for teams, I think it, it it's an interesting conversation. And, and Tracy too, you mentioned new Orleans, like that's another spot <laughs> that yes, he could go yes. to. Like the saints have also shown interest in him. I mean, the Panthers as well, like that, that, I mean, there are so many teams that need quarterbacks right now. And I feel like there are so many teams that are just so thirsty that they would give up so much for Jimmy G, even knowing that he makes these decisions that make you want to pull your hair out at times, but then he'll, he'll throw a beautiful ball and make a great play. And so you know that there is a great quarterback in there and we've seen it before, but it's like if he could just limit those mistakes and I'm like, I, I have, I'm, I have my palm on my face right now. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm thinking about that the last interception um, in the playoffs that he threw and it was like, Jimmy, no, it's like, that's, that's, that one play was just like encapsulates his entire career. And that's what drives everyone so crazy about him. But then I think you the in theory argument could be made. You're right. That one play does encapsulate his entire career, but the also play was happening now with, with time, we know just how hurt he was with his shoulder mm-hmm. and his thumb. And mm-hmm. so right. it's kind exactly. of amazing. It's amazing. He was that close, you know, it's, it's just, yeah. it's, it's incredible, but that's, that is Jimmy G. So we'll definitely see, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I want to pivot a little bit. Um, I've been using that word a lot frequently. And and I feel like I've been using it in this podcast, but we're going to do it anyway. I want to pivot a little bit to wide receivers. Uh, We're going to start first. Let's talk a little bit. Calvin Ridley suspended at least through next season for betting on games, including the Falcons, his team, uh, though he was away from the team at the time. Uh, And that is a pretty big deal and a pretty serious situation. Um, And it's just, you know, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say he's probably not the only one. It's just that he got caught. Um, I don't know if that's true or not true. There's really probably no way for us to know that, but the betting on games and betting on your team and, you know, Calvin tweeted, I betted, I bet $1,500. I don't have a gambling problem, but the whole thing also just kind of makes me sad because I think you probably have to have a gambling problem if you're willing to risk all that. Yeah. So This story is an absolute bombshell. Like I, so I got home from the combine yesterday morning and I immediately got in bed, passed out. And my husband came in to wake me up at like four o'clock in the afternoon. And he's like, oh my God, the most massive NFL story broke while you were asleep. And he proceeds to tell me everything that happens and happened. And honestly, I couldn't even believe it at first. Like the fact that, he bet $1,500 and he's going to lose more than $11 million. And mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley, 
his his whole story this is very sad like that's that's the perfect way to describe it because first of all he only played those five games last year and he stepped away because of mental health issues at the end of October so he was placed on the NFI list um and the Falcons apparently have been aware of this whole thing for a while now so they knew that he had placed these parlay bets on his personal phone. It was during a five-day period in November. Um, and when people online say that, you know, that he's probably not the only one, like I, unless people are having other people place the bets for them, like there is basically a company that the NFL hired um, when they went into all of these deals with the Mm -hmm. sports books. And this company monitors all of the gambling partners to make sure that no players, no refs, no anyone that has anything to do with the league or working for the league is placing any bets. So none of like even us, even myself who works for NFL media there, we have to take all of the, we have to sign all of these, um, take all these courses and sign all of this paperwork saying that we will not do anything to compromise the integrity of the game. And there's no way, shape or form that we are allowed to place any bets whatsoever. And this company is the one that flagged it. And that's why the league started the investigation into Calvin Ridley. So Big Brother is monitoring everyone mm-hmm. on all of these sports apps and and all of the sports books. And so it's it is so sad. The and the NFL gambling's gambling partners they cooperated all of this information and the fact that he's going to be suspended indefinitely. It's not even just a year. Like it's he can apply for reinstatement after next year's Super Bowl, but he's not even guaranteed to get back into the league. So I'm not sure if he even knows how serious this is because Mm -hmm. this is something that the league is absolutely, they will not budge on. This is the worst thing you can do. And that's even a whole separate conversation because you see the punishment that's doled out for this versus domestic violence like Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot to kind of unpack with this but I mean Calvin Ridley just just for him in general I mean it's it's really it's really sad and his contract is going to toll during the suspension so that keeps him under contract in Atlanta through 2023 Um, and that's even if he's cleared to return so all of that money is going to come off the Falcons salary cap. So, I mean, that's, I guess, nice for them, but I'm sure they would rather have the player back because he's really, really good and really talented. Um, And it's just, it's really sad, but the league did say in its investigation that they found no inside information that was used um, that, you know, any game was compromised, but also like, I'm just not sure how they can find that and how they can mm-hmm. absolutely know that no inside information was used. So it's really just a huge gray area when you consider every time you turn on your, you know, a- a- however you watch the NFL games, or if you play fantasy football, there are a zillion ads for alt DraftKings, like Hard Rock Sports, all of them, Caesars. It's everywhere. It's in your face. And so then 
you have a player that plays in this league that the league is making money off of, and now he can't make his own money. So I don't know. It's kind of a mess. It is. It's it's very much a mess. And you brought up, and you're 100% right, when you see the punishment for this versus the punishment for domestic violence. That is something that is very disconcerting. Uh, just in terms mm-hmm. of it's it's a violation. There's I 100% agree with the punishment because I think as a team, how could it, it's a violation to your teammates? It is a violation to your colleagues throughout the league. How can you trust this person? I mean, I think even if he came back in two years, that's a tough pill to swallow for teammates because, mm-hmm. like you said, how can you really tell that no inside information, you know, was used? But the punishments for domestic violence need to be a lot stronger and should be similar. You know, right. Yeah. Like they, it should be a year. It should also be a year. That's like, Mm -hmm. and I don't understand why that's even a question right now. And why, why we're even having these discussions about like Deshaun Watson, um, even being like, you know, a trade candidate landing, landing spots for Deshaun Watson. And now obviously Deshaun Watson, um, is not he his whole situation is completely different um, because it's sexual assault but it's like when when we talk about gambling it seems like it is something so much worse than than anything else and they the NFL is so focused on upholding the integrity of the game but it's like they should they should feel that way about everything else as well Yes, 100%. Uh, and I think with the the Deshaun Watson thing, something that has kind of left a bad taste in my mouth over the last several weeks is I do feel he's still being talked about. And it's almost as if everyone, I don't want to say forgot, but no one wants to say it out loud. You know, mm-hmm. they'll say, well, with Deshaun Watson's, Watson's situation, who knows what will happen? Well, it's a pretty serious situation. And these are very yeah. serious allegations. And I agree with you. How How is this even, how is he even in the conversation? So right. these are some of the, these are some of the issues with, um, with football that are sometimes hard to reconcile for those of us who love the game and, and cover the game. But these are the things that are somewhat hard to reconcile. And we're probably not going to come up with the answers right now today, but they're conversations that need to be had. So I'm glad that we are at least discussing them. Right. And, and even just for like one, I just, on Calvin Ridley, one last thing, I'm just, I feel so, I feel so awful for him because obviously he was dealing with a lot of things Mm -hmm. off the Mm -hmm. field and that's why he stepped away. And now he's going to lose another full year of his playing career in the peak of his, his playing time. And I just, it's, it's just so sad and it really hurts my heart because he's such a talented, good player Um, And there were a lot of different conversations about him possibly leaving Atlanta and going to other teams. And, you know, that would maybe help out his situation. But obviously now he's going to be in in whatever he's dealing with uh, longer for at least another year. So I feel for him. I agree. I agree with you on all counts. It's really it really is a sad situation. And and the jokes the jokes that people were making just didn't sit right with me because I feel right. like this is serious and sad. Um, so, so there's that. Uh, before I let you go, we will talk a little more wide receivers. Uh, the wide receivers of the combine impressed. Boy, they're speedy. Those guys are very Ooh. fast. I couldn't run a 40 like that. Like, I mean, 
for 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 the four years two hundred million dollar contract, I still don't think I could. Someone was like, "Good luck." I still don't think I could do it. But they were really incredible. They were very impressive, and I think a situation where the wide receiver market, the free agent wide receiver market, got changed based on these guys. What did you see there, and how do you think it did change the market? Well, I think that I don't think anyone was ready for the speed that we Mm -hmm. saw at the combine. First of all, like not even just in the wide receiver group, like 33 players overall ran sub 4440s. That is mind blowing. Like it Mm -hmm. was just such a fast clap. And I think that these players are just going to keep getting faster and faster. But that wide receiver, Tyquan Thornton, I mean, he was so fast at four two eight, um, like just unreal speed. And the fact that the wide receivers had eight players that ran sub 440s, like Baylor had two players that ran in the four twos. I mean, this class was so impressive. I talked to so many GMs that now are changing their minds about what they're going to do in free mm-hmm. agency because they saw the talent that's in this wide receiver group. I mean, the combine always changes so much, like just the team's approach to the entire offseason. And I think what these wide receivers were able to do was kind of moving up priorities on different GMs lists. Like the this group, I think, is going to now kind of change the way that that teams draft and I don't I'm not sure that teams are going to be giving away everything that they had planned to in free agency because they know now that they can get this talent in the draft and it's a pretty deep class yeah it is it's a very deep class that was I don't think I even realized quite how deep a class it was I I knew this class had quite a bit of depth are all around in a variety of positions especially in those middle rounds that it wasn't such a top heavy draft class but more Uh, kind of depth in the middle of the draft, but I did not realize how much depth was in that wide receiver class. So uh, kind of excited to see what happens and and how it changes things for agency period is just about a week away. Um, If you think there's an off season in football, you are not paying attention because it never ends. It's a lie. (laughs) It's all lies. (laughs) It is. It is all lies. People say to me, what do you do during the off season? I'm like, what's the off season? I don't understand. (laughs) Right. I work. I work. work. (laughs) Explain that word. I don't understand. Um, Colleen, (laughs) thank you so much for joining me today and my, me and my funny voice. I really appreciate it. Oh my God, seriously. And thank you for uh, inviting me on. It's always a pleasure. I promise to come back on again when my brain is fully functioning. Fantastic, you guys. If you like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online, and I'll talk to everybody later. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.